For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. <clears throat> Buenos tardes, mi amigo. Hola, my good friend. Cinco de mayo on Tuesday And I hoped we'd see each other again Hey everybody! What a big show I have! I know I say that a lot But I mean it! Uh, got a man on the show by the name of Rob McDonald, and that may, name may not ring a bell, but his alias of Bobby Maximus certainly will ring a bell with anybody in the fitness community because he is officially ranked by Men's Health Magazine as one of the fittest people on the planet, and believe me, he deserves that title. Um, he started out uh, as a UFC fighter, actually started out as a police officer up in uh, Ontario, Canada. And then he transitioned into uh, high-level wrestling in high school, the end of high school into college, then went into policing and got into jiu-jitsu and kickboxing where he became world-class at it and then got a gig fighting for the UFC. Um, he is a UFC vet. He's got some UFC wins. He has a fight of the, excuse me, a submission of the night win. And after that, uh, he went into working at a gym called Jim Jones in Utah and uh, for those of you who don't know Jim Jones, it's this legendary place in the pantheon of fitness and, and kind of the meathead world. Uh, they really just precipitously climbed the popularity scales after the movie 300 came out because they were personally responsible for all the physiques that you saw in 300 and then the 300 sequel. But uh, Rob McDonald, Bobby Maximus, has forgotten more about fitness and health than I will ever know. And on top of that, he is a tremendously inspirational person who really, really hammers home the idea that the mind, the mind is primary and your ability to push through your self-imposed limitations is much more important than the actual amount of weight on the bar, the actual amount of speed that you get in your mile, the amount of meters you can do in uh, two minutes. It doesn't matter. What really matters is strengthening your ability to push through your own self-imposed limitations because they are there and you can do more, whether it be in your professional life, whether it be in your relationships, whether it be in the gym, whether it be in your given task or sport. Um, you are capable, whoever you are, whatever your level of God-given talent, you're capable of more than you think you are. And um, I know that sounds corny and I know that sounds super cheeseball, like one of those 
empty kind of manipulative Instagram uh, fitness uh, gurus, you know, one of their posts with a meme of, of them flexing and it's like, you know, every damn day and I don't give up and that's how you do it and I don't sleep. Um, no, but in reality, you can outthink a lot. You can outthink a lot, a lot of stuff that you truly, in, almost as an animal, believe that you can't do. You can do it. It's just that you're telling yourself that you can't, um, you know, within reason. I'll never be an, an NBA-level basketball player. That will never happen. I'm 41 years old and 5'10", and I'm not good at basketball. So, uh, obviously, within reason. But, you know, everyone, I think, can relate to what I'm saying. And uh, I, we had a great conversation about way more than sets and reps. There is some training talk. There is some nutrition talk. But honestly, I think this is um, a great life lesson um, conversation from a guy who has faced adversity, serious adversity, and come out on top. A guy who's undefeated in the battle against life. A, a, a formidable opponent, by the way. Um. And it applies to all of us, whether you're overweight and you never worked out or you are a world-class athlete. You're, you're going to come up against that feeling of, I can't do it, um, the feeling of fear. You're going to be afraid of getting hurt, afraid of discomfort, afraid of what others are going to think about you. And it's those experiences that are worth more they're the ones that we, where we expose ourselves to that fear, where we just go for it, you know, where there is discomfort, where we're vulnerable. Being that exposed and that vulnerable is the scariest thing in the world. It is the absolute most crushing thing in the world, except for one thing, and that's getting past it and being able to look back on what happened and know, not think, know that you threw in the towel. Knowing. Not thinking, knowing that you could have been more. Can't recover from that one. Those, that is, those are the, uh, the widowmaker blows. You can't be terrified to take the first step because of what you might encounter miles and miles down the road. Take risks, expose yourselves, go after it. Do what you're unsure of. Throw on those old running shoes. Call that chick that you've been thinking about or that dude start a blog sign up for those french lang- uh, french lessons that you've been always telling yourself that you're going to do go get a guitar at a pawn shop or on ebay and learn whatever it is ladies and gentlemen please welcome a man i i'm really really honored to have on the podcast um, he's one of, uh, and I don't say this often, he's one of the guys I really look at as a, uh, as an icon, as someone who motivates me and inspires me day in and day out, both in the gym and, uh, also just in life. He is Rob McDonald, definitely most well-known as Bobby Maximus. Uh, hello dude. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. And I really appreciate the kind words. I, I mean, I mean what I said, but to circle back to what we were talking about at the beginning, I mean, I, I, before we started recording, we were talking about talking before you start recording. And I actually see it. I see it both ways because I do think that like the most, um, 
the most intriguing, the most interesting conversations are the ones that happen naturally. So I, I, I kind of get how people would want to just have like a normal conversation to kind of get things rolling. But at the same time, like, why not just capture that organically and, and start recording from the beginning? You know, you never know. It's like you could, you could miss out on, 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 on something in either way. You know, I think, I think part of that though comes down to confidence. Uh, I'm pretty much an open book. I don't have anything to hide. You can ask me anything in the world and I won't get offended. If I don't want to answer, I'll just say, you know what? I prefer not to answer that. No hurt feelings. And, 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 and we move on. I don't think a lot of people have that confidence to just be themselves. Right. hundred percent of the time and be really authentic. I, yeah. And I, and I don't actually don't fault people for doing it. I mean, I've, I, I'd love to get into like your, your idea of like putting in the reps and the 130 hours specifically kind of that time frame that you've you've coined and you you've uh, determined to be a really valuable time frame but like that's how many hours probably in in you know exponentially i put in that many hours doing and being interviewed not everybody can say that you know and i'm sure you're in the yeah. same position i can't, can't I count how many podcasts i've heard you do um it's like people underestimate the fact that obviously it's a skill to interview people. It's kind of a skill to be interviewed too. You know, not the average, not every, every guy and gal can just get in there and actually be natural and be confident and be comfortable, you know? No, it's hard. I always, I always reference public speaking when you're a kid, I think the meanest, I shouldn't say meanest because that's not true. It's valuable. But at least from my perspective, like I used to stutter. I had a hard time speaking. I was shy. I was nervous. I was bullied. It sucks to get put in front of 300 people in your little school and like forced to give a speech or answer questions or debate, like all these stuff they they put you through. Um, But uh, I I think the training for being interviewed and interviewing, like like if you look at it that way, really starts in grade school, like with your teachers and and making you do class presentations and and all that stuff. And the people who uh, excel at it are people that, that tried hard. And then try it again and try it again and try it again. And over the years, you kind of build up that ability. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, I mean, it's, it's, it's reps like a lot of things. Um, and you talk, you look, you talked about, I'm, I'm sure you're not pumped on the idea of like talking about yourself just as a person outside of a professional capacity. Um, but at the same time, like, I do think it's really valuable to, to mention that you were a guy who wasn't necessarily super confident to begin with, that was bullied, that did have a hard time socially, because I, I would imagine, I, I know, I mean, I, I certainly feel like I'm, I'm that way, that when I look at you, if I, before I got to know you, or at least listen to you, uh, be interviewed a lot and read, read Maximus Body, there's, there's just no fucking world where I could imagine you're bullied, and you're not the coolest kid in school, and then you're not like chicks just killing themselves to be near you because you're six, three ripped and a professional UFC fighter, a high, a world-class kickboxer. You, you, you were a, a collegiate, at least collegiate quality wrestler. One of the better wrestlers in Canada at the time, like every, all the fucking boxes are checked that you are not the guy who struggled, who, who, who was bullied and stuff. But so, yeah, so that's why it's actually, you said fun, something funny, that I'm not pumped to talk about my personal life. Man, I love talking about myself and talking about my personal life. I I spent too many years feeling insecure, worried about what other people were going to say and think, uh, doubtful of myself to ever be like that again. So I I love my life. And, and I don't say that because I think I have a better life than anybody else. But we we live in a society right now where – 
it's 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 funny. You're not allowed to be proud of anything you've accomplished yourself. Yeah. And and people think you're egotistical, and they're like, no, 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 be humble. Well, fuck that. I don't have to be humble for anything I've I've, I've worked at, and that doesn't mean that that I'm better than anybody because I work out or have a book. I'm even talking like I have a pretty damn impressive Magic the Gathering collection. <laughs> I have a pretty impressive hockey card collection. I, I love building Legos. I've done scrapbooking before. Uh, my favorite show on TV by far now is something called Kingdom, which is like an MMA show. And I love that like I'm, I'm sitting in front of a 80 screen, 80 inch screen TV right now. I mean, it's like five or six years old, but like that was a big deal for me to get like a thousand dollar television because I grew up watching TV on like an 18 inch little box. Right. It's pretty cool. And so if I want to be proud of that, I want to be proud of that. I didn't have rich parents. I didn't suck on a silver spoon growing up. I didn't have a trust fund. I've had to earn everything I have and damn right. I'm going to be proud of it. And I think whether you make $40,000 a year, you know, or, or you make a million, you should be proud of what you've done if you built it with your own two hands. Yeah. And I, I do agree that there's this weird thing. Like I obviously I'm not encouraging people to be arrogant or to be ostentatious and show off their wealth or to, to uh, these, this conspicuous consumption, anything like that. But uh, I was filming uh, um, a television show up at, near your motherland there in, in Toronto. And I was flying back home and the, the, the television network, had uh, paid for my plane ticket. So they, they got me first class. I, I, I'm not usually flying first class. And I found myself, you know, cause they bored you first. I found myself as all the other people got on and I'm sitting there in first class. I was kind of, I was kind of ashamed. Like I put my head down. I was like, Oh my, but I, and I thought like my father's generation would never think to be ashamed of the fact that they were successful, you know, like, yeah. and I, I, I was fully that guy. Here's, here's what it is for me, and this will offend some people, but I don't really care about that anymore either. If your dad... Sorry, my dog. Yeah, it's okay. I, it, it's, it's, I, got, I got kids, dogs. It's like the <laughs> life of, of, of COVID, you know. But um, here's the deal. You turn 16, your dad buys you a BMW just because he has a lot of money. You don't get to be proud of that. You didn't right. earn that. You did nothing. Like, don't brag. I don't want to hear it from you. Uh if your parents own like a big company and you graduate from, from school, which by the way, they paid for, and then you just get put in an executive job because they're your, they're, you're the kid, man, you don't get to brag about that. Right. Now let's go back on those examples. If you've been mowing lawns since you're 11 years old, you're just mowing lawns all day, Saturday, Sunday, saving up your money. And you buy that BMW, you'd be fucking proud of it. You wear like a BMW t-shirt, a hat, you do what you got to do. You uh, go to a company, you start in the mail room, work your way up, be damn proud of that. Show everyone who will look at you, your business card. Right. It just, to me, it, it, there's nothing wrong with being really proud of what you've had if you put the work into it. Right. And I, I think athletes in particular fighters they can wear that really comfortably because whether you're John Jones or you're, you're, you know, in some local promotion, the, the unbelievable amount of hard work and hours that it takes to get to the point where you can even step into the cage or the ring. It's, it's, it's just beyond belief. And like, there's no reason for you not to be able to kind of just wear that on your sleeve. And as long as you don't think you're better than anybody, because you aren't, 
Right. But you're allowed, you're allowed to be proud of yourself. But there, there came a point in society where being proud of yourself is equated with thinking you're better than people. And that's just not true. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like it, it's like, you look at the rock, uh, Dwayne Johnson, um, he he was like there was a point in his life the reason his production company is called seven buck productions is because he had seven dollars in his pocket and he got cut from the cfl and he makes a joke he's like you know how bad you have to be at football to get cut from the canadian football <laughs> league and it's like funny right but here he is and he worked at it and he, he he did his time and he drove from arena to arena across the country in a shitty little car to learn how to be good at wrestling and he he slept less than everybody and he worked harder than everybody. And here he is. He should be damn proud of himself. I hope, I hope wherever he is, he, he sits down at the end of the night with his, is it Tiermana, the, the tequila he makes? I don't even know the name of it. Like, see, man, sit down at the end of the night, have your glass of tequila and be damn proud of yourself. Cause like you earned it. He absolutely did. And, and like, especially in the entertainment industry, you know, I can tell you firsthand and even more so in com- like the comedic side of it people just will not take that into consideration. Like it, it's such a territorial, bitter, jealous world where, you know, Kevin Hart or, 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 you know, Dan Cook, you can go down the list of like funny people who make millions of dollars and are very, very popular. There's, there's a laundry list of dudes who are sitting there going, that guy sucks. That guy, it's all because they're at a place where they, they achieve something, you know, that they, they, they didn't sleep, they grinded. And they totally, they totally forget the fact, and I don't know if this is true about Kevin Hart, but there's a lot of comedians that drive from like, do you have yuck yucks in the United States? Is that a thing down here? No, but uh, where at least I am because I have because of the radio and like where I live and like what I do for a living, I'm very very friendly with lots of comics, and yuck yucks is very well known, you know. Okay, so like, uh, you go to like because yuck yucks is the brand, the, the, the brand's pretty big in Canada, but mm-hmm. like I think there's like the comedy store that I mean, there's a bunch of stuff, but like I don't think people realize there's a lot of comedians that drive from town to town and sleep in their car, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, and and have to really, really grind on the tour. Like, Joe Rogan was doing that at one point, like, Joe Rogan wasn't always the JRE experience that he calls it. Like he was, you know, grinding away and people forget those years that people put in and they just take a snapshot of now. They're like, Oh, well, you're lucky. Well, no, I I had to sleep in my car for three years. That's not lucky. A lot of that too is, is kind of like, at least in my opinion is, is finding a passion. Whereas people just kind of create this, this illusory um, finish line where it's, I am successful or I am rich, but they don't, kind of create it they don't create that finish line with a journey that involves their passion you yep. know and, and and um you know a guy like joe rogan's a perfect example he he continually kept going with comedy and interviewing people and fighting these things that he he, he never gets tired of yep. and you're not going to be willing to i know i wasn't i mean i i i very i i fell into a, a um a career in broadcasting because i always dreamed of being a, a rock star if I didn't find that, I'm, there's no way I would have been willing to sacrifice anything to get to where yeah. I'm at. And I, it's not like I'm Howard Stern or anything, but there's, it just wouldn't have happened. I, the, you know, and especially a lot of young guys nowadays, I have a hard time um, kind of getting through to them because of YouTube, because of Instagram, because of things. They do only see kind of the shiny finished product. It's really hard, I think, for a, a young guy nowadays to really be able to take the time to find that that passion that they're willing to sacrifice for it yeah and i think i think we actually had this talk yesterday in the gym 
about you can make fun of anyone you want. It's on TV. You can make fun of people that are successful. But the reality is, for most cases, successful people are willing to do what you aren't. Yeah. Do yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, if, if you even look at, and I, I reference the Kardashians a lot, but like, if you look at what they've done, Kris Jenner, Kim, all that stuff, people are like, well, Kim's lucky. She's blah, blah, blah. No, she was willing to do what other people weren't. Right. Because there are plenty of rich socialites. Like, uh, you know, the Wynn Casino? Oh, yeah. Can you name any of his kids? Nope. Nope. You know, you wouldn't know who uh, Nikki Hilton. The only reason you know Nikki Hilton is because Paris Hilton and it's her sister, but most right. people don't know who she is. Like there's a lot of rich kids out there that you wouldn't know who they are, but like Kim Kardashian was willing to do stuff. Other people weren't. Yep. It's true. Whether that's, whether that's leak a sex tape, whether that's put your life under the microscope for a reality show, whether that, I mean, just willing to do stuff. Others weren't. So you can't be jealous. People are just willing to make, more sacrifices than other people were how i mean how have you been able to translate that message that exactly which i think is at the very center of a lot of what you teach and a lot of what you promote is this idea of self-imposed limitations pushing through them um being able to understand that what you want is going to come with a lot of discomfort it's going to come with a lot of uh, a lot of time spent doing things that you may necessarily initially don't want to do how do you, how do you get that message across to someone that isn't uh, an NFL prospect or an, an Olympic level, um, you know, swimmer, some, you know, someone who doesn't have that built in? You know, it's actually really difficult. Um, and, and I think it's a two way street. The interesting thing about communication is that I may be a quote unquote great communicator, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean I'm great across the board you may not hear my voice just because we're not compatible on that level. It right. would be in, in, in that instance, it would be me speaking Serbian or, 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 or Yugoslavian or, or Israeli and you speak in English, you can't understand me no matter how well I speak. Right. You might have to hear that message from someone that resonates with you better. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And so I actually had a really cool experience, uh, By, by some of my wife's friends, I've been branded as the antisocial one to a degree because like I, I, I don't stay up past 10 o'clock at night. I say no to a lot of stuff. Uh, I don't really want to go out. Like I am focused and, and I've got enough time in my life for smashing weights, uh, choking people and in jujitsu, that's not a bad, I'm not a serial <laughs> player or anything like that, but uh, smashing weights, choking people and then my family yeah. and that's it. And everything else I, I, I don't, I don't do, uh, you know, they've asked me like, well, you don't have a social life. I'm like, yes, I do. I hang out with my friends at the gym. Like if you, if you came to visit me in Salt Lake and we were like real friends and, and hanging out and you'd be like, Hey, what do you want to do when I come to Salt Lake? I'm like, Hey, let's go to the gym and then grab some lunch. That's my idea of a Friday night out. That's what I do. And I don't think, uh, some of our friends really under, under understood that, but, but they also don't correlate it with the fact that I was named one of the 70, I, I was named the, the one of the hundred fittest people to ever walk the earth. And, and by the way, that list includes Jesus, Thanos, Wolverine, uh, Thor, like anyone who's ever stepped foot on the earth. So I think that's a pretty good list. I fought in the UFC. I, I, I won a world master's title for Brazilian jiu-jitsu. They don't equate the sacrifice with the success, if that makes right. sense. 
So it's really interesting. Uh, my wife said the other day that they actually have a newfound respect for me. And they understand now because they're reading this book. I don't know what the book's called. I, I got to get the title of it. But the book is it the Maximus Body? Is it potentially? It, it is not. I actually <laughs> asked that question, but it is not that book. But the book talks about how if you really want to be successful, you only have time for three things in life, and everything else has to go away. Yeah. And so, family, business, maybe like your golf hobby. Yeah. You don't have time for friends. Like you only have time for three things. And now it's, it's, it's really cool because they're really understanding and they're starting to take measures in their life to do things to be successful. And so uh, they just needed my point to this long-winded story is they needed to hear it from a different voice, a different source. Maybe there was just something about the language of that book that spoke to them better. Right. You see right. what I mean? Absolutely. So, you, you can, I'm trying to think to, of, of people who I, I guess, compare myself to. Uh, I mean, I don't know, Aubrey Marcus from On It, uh, Jocko Willink, uh, Bobby Maximus, uh, The Rock. Um, we all kind of have a similar message, right? Like extreme ownership, grind it out. Tom Bilyeu's another guy. Bedros Koulian's another guy. There's a whole host of these people. We're all saying the same thing. Tony Robbins, we're all saying the exact same thing. You just have to pick who you resonate better with. Absolutely. And And that's such, I I really appreciate you putting that message forward because um, kind of, I don't, I guess just by happenstance, um, a lot of my audience and a lot of what Mikey likes you has become is much more about kind of emotional and spiritual stuff than it ever, ever will be about reps and sets. And I'm fine with that. And, you know, a, people um, DM me a lot of questions about recovery and a lot of questions about like mental health and and therapy and things like that. Um, And so often, you know, a guy will, uh, a guy or gal will really take that big gamble and do it and take this first step and go to an, go to a meeting or go to see a therapist. And that meeting or that therapist doesn't, doesn't really sit with them. Well, they, they're not speaking the same language and, Sometimes you just got to go to a different one. I mean, they're, they're, it really, even though the message may be the same, the person who's giving it really does make a big difference. No, and it matters. And it just is how your brain thinks. Some people yeah. speak in a way you understand, or, you know, I can't say, it's actually funny. I've, I've got out of the habit. It really bothers me when people say something sucks. Yeah. So you say, this TV show sucks. This song sucks. This band sucks. No, they don't suck. You have no idea how much work went into that production right and by the way for every person that says a show sucks there's a person who absolutely adores and loves it yep. that's the reality and so you just have to find what speaks to you and so um i mean i don't know how you get the message here you have to find the right voice to speak to them in that's the the, the one part of it and the other part is is the other person really has to want it Right. That's the other thing. And you can't make somebody want it bad enough. It's, it's funny how when people really do want something, how quickly they'll change your behavior. Right. And things just kind of fall into place. It's absolutely true. I mean, I, I noticed that ob- very clearly with, with addiction, with drug addiction and things like that, they, I, all my vain failed attempts at trying to get clean. When I really wanted it, it, it was a lot different. It was a lot. Yeah, different. I mean, it almost becomes easy at that point and not to take it away, but like people struggle for years with stuff like that. 
and then they have a kid and they're like, no, I'm good. Yeah. You're like, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, like, all, all took, well, no, it's because you love your kid or value your relationship with your kid more than you do this other thing. So mm-hmm. even like another thing I get into is it's not even about wanting it. It's how much you value it. Yeah. Because when you tell people they don't want something, they innately get offended. Like I do want it. Well, no, you don't. Your actions aren't saying that you don't value it enough. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but it, 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 there's something wrong with that. If you, if you really want to achieve that goal, but I think people have a hard time even just admitting that it's like, you know, obviously surfing isn't that big a deal to you. So just give up, you know, it's not what so many people in, in, in grappling, especially, I, I bet you see it a lot in jujitsu, a lot of white belts and blue belts where it's like, yeah, you're training once, twice a week and you leave as soon as, you know, it's time for open mat, but it, it, it obviously doesn't matter that much to you. And if that, the, the sooner you can admit that the better off you'll probably be, you know? So I'll tell you a, a kind of a funny story. Uh, when I was a cop, my partner, um, we actually had a lot of mutual interests uh, he had an English degree. I had an English degree and we just talk a lot. And, and one day in the car, he, he wasn't in shape. He was a little overweight. He didn't work out. He goes, can I ask you a question, Mac? I go, yeah. He goes, uh, why are you friends with me? Like, well, what kind of weird question is this? Like, what do you mean? Why am I friends with you? He goes, it's just your whole life is dominated by fighting, fitness, being in shape, abs, pecs, biceps, like, why would you be friends with me? Like, it doesn't seem we have that in common. And I, I, I said to him, I go, because you don't bug me about fitness stuff. And he's like, what is that supposed to mean? And I'm like, well, you don't sit here in a car and ask me all kinds of fitness questions and then don't go follow my advice. Right. You don't tell me you want to lose weight and then don't follow through. No, you connect with me on an English level and we talk about Milton and we talk about Alexander Pope and we talk about Afra Ben, who was the first female playwright, really like she wanted regarded as one of them anyway. We talk about Shakespeare, we talk about restoration literature, like all this nerd stuff I really enjoy. You just talk to me about that. Like there's no pretense with you. Right. What drives me nuts is when people are like, How do I lose weight? And then I see them eating Doritos. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you didn't really why did we why did you waste my time asking for my advice? So I have this rule. If you're not going to do what I say, don't ask me. There are so many things like looking at you right now. If, if you ask me like, Hey, how am I going to get big? And I tell you, and you don't want to listen to my advice. I would so much rather talk to you about baseball right. or why the Los Angeles Dodgers are trash or, um, I oh, didn't, you know, oh. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I don't know if people can see the video at home, but you're wearing a Los Angeles Dodgers t-shirt, but I would so much rather talk to you about that stuff and, and have a really fun conversation than spend an hour trying to help you for you to like turn around and give me the middle finger. Right. And then I mean, it and is, then, and it's, it, it is disrespectful. I don't think people mean there's no ill will no. there, but you really like, you realize it is, it's pretty disrespectful to even have someone d- devote that guy. Cause I don't want to do it just like you do. I don't want to do it unless I know that I'm really going to be helping someone. And if I, and I'm not going to do it and half-ass it. If someone asks me for advice on anything that I feel like I have some level of understanding or expertise in, um, I want to, I want to go for it. I I don't want to phone it in. And it kind of sucks when you see people shit all over you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I, and, and for me, it's about time management, right? I don't have a lot of time in a day. I get busy. There's things I need to do. 
uh, and I'm willing to help you if you, if you want to follow the advice and you want help. But if not, I want to talk about something that's fun for me. Mm-hmm. Like I want to talk something like I want to, when I, you know, talk about music, talk about art, talk about English, talk about match gathering cards, talk about how the Blue Jays are the greatest baseball team ever created. Um, things like that, you know? Right. Right. No, I mean, exactly. Let's, I mean, there's no reason to, to deviate from that if it makes us all have a good time. You yeah. mentioned the idea that, you know, if you say a TV show or, or, or a band sucks, that there's going to be, you know, so many millions of people who completely disagree and are way into it. I find it really, pro- that exact idea is really problematic right now in fitness because of social media making things so tribal. And that if you present ideas, there's going to be all these naysayers who say like, that is absolutely not the right way. My way is the right way to eat, to train, to whatever. And as someone who really has achieved elite level fitness, I personally believe that you have to kind of always have an open mind, even if you're, whether you're, you're, you know, uh, uh, an Olympic level triathlete or you're Louis Simmons, the, the greats, in any physical endeavor constantly are leaving their eyes and ears open to different ideas and incorporating them all the, all the while not deviating from things that they know work. But I think things are getting so rigid and these ideas of like, this is the way keto is the way or intermittent fasting is the way or high volume is the way no, no high intensity. Um, Do you feel that there is too much kind of rigidity in those ideas and that people need to be more diverse in their, in their approach when it comes to getting fit? No, I don't know. I, I don't think people need to be anything. They can do whatever the hell they want. Like right. it's like free choice, free, whatever. But the, the, the thing that gets me is it's really hard to bash something when the result clearly speaks for itself. Right. Right. So, so, you know, I don't think there is one way. Number one, I think there are many ways to do stuff. Um, but if it's getting a result, it's really hard to make fun of it. So I, I can make fun of P90X all I want. I can make fun of Bobby Maximus's, you know, Maximus body training program. I can make fun of CrossFit. But like, if you line up, and I don't know how much you know about CrossFit, but you line up like Matt Froning, Matt Frazier, Tommy Hackerbrook, I'm, I'm, I'm sentimental towards him because he's a very close friend. You line those three up, you're not finding three fitter people on the planet. So it's like really hard to say CrossFit sucks and CrossFit doesn't work. Right. You know what I mean? It's just that kind of deal. It's, it's the same thing. Like all this hate towards a guy named James Harden plays basketball right. uh, for the Rockets. It's like, well, no, I, he sucks. This isn't the way to do it. Well, I mean, man, he's scoring 35 points a game. Seems to be working fine to me. So right. my, my point by saying that is, uh, if, if it's working for somebody, just leave them hell alone. Let them do their thing. Yeah. Cause they clearly don't have a problem doing what they're doing. Right. You know what I mean? Like if you, if you look at a girl and all she does is like jazzercise or Pilates, but she's JLo. Right. Go criticize JLo's workout program. Yeah. For 50 year old lady. Does, to look but like, she does exactly. But like, you know, she looks like she stepped out of a time machine from 1999. Like she right. looks the same as she did. I don't, I don't care what she does. It's working for her. I, I, I would love to learn a secret. Right. And if she tells me, if she tells me she does Pilates, I'm like, well, maybe I should sign up for some Pilates classes because clearly at 50, this shit's working. You know what I mean? No, um, for sure. And, and, and the, same, the same thing with The Rock. Like I can tell you all day about functional fitness 
And then I go on the rocks Instagram. He's doing like cable crossovers. And I'm like, Oh man, maybe I should, maybe I should get on some of those cable crossovers. Like it's hard to criticize when the result is really good is the point. Hey, don't move. I have to do a quick commercial. (laughs) What's the number one sign of bad home security systems, home security system. That's so complicated that you don't actually use it. That's exactly the type of system SimpleSafe has spent a decade or so fighting against. SimpleSafe was designed to be easy to use while protecting your entire casa 24-7. Order online, open the box, place the sensors, plug it in, and your home is protected around the clock. It's that simple. Honestly, head to simplysafe.com slash team. That's S-I-M-P-L-I... S-A-F-E dot com slash team and get a free shipping deal. That's right. Free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's simplesafe.com slash team. It feels real good to fear less. I, I train at Crone uh, Gracie's Academy in uh, here in Culver City near where I live. And um, for a while before Crone transferred into the UFC, um, Hickson would teach a lot of classes. And I'll never forget, I'll never forget um, Hicks and Gracie, who, you know, for those of you who don't know, is easily considered one of the greatest, if not the greatest Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner of the modern times. He's giving this tutorial and explanation on how to elevate your hips for um, an armbar or, or a triangle. And this one kid goes to demonstrate and, and, he, and he's like, I can't really do it that way. It's not working out for me. And Hickson goes, well, look, don't do it that way. My, yeah. my jujitsu is not your jujitsu. You know, let's figure out a way that works for you. And that's fine. Like yeah. it, 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 it's just, so I, I gave that up a long time ago. I try not to make fun of anybody. I mean, sometimes it happens, but like, you know, I try really not to, I feel bad if I do, I try not to put down other systems, especially publicly. Yeah. You'll never see me publicly put somebody else down. Right. Cause it's just a, it makes me look bad, but B why? Yeah, and it's 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 hard to get away from in the kind of the public fitness industry because that there seems to be so much currency in shit talking and kind of yeah, I, I just don't like it, and and we're in a I think we're in a world where that's been made okay. Yeah, yeah, and I don't I don't like it, so I I just want to treat everyone else like a professional, and I I can say that I don't agree, I can say that I don't like it, but at the same time I'm not going to go out of my way to do that either. Right. There's right. this whole thing on the internet now that people do. It's like they. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going across uh, my newsfeed the other night and like, there's a girl on there and she's like punching pads wrong. I'm not going to be like, Hey, you suck. You're doing that wrong. Like what? I don't know what she's doing. Maybe she's just having fun. Leave her alone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or leave him alone. Like if he's just doing like a thing, like people feel the need to just hate on other people. And it's just a, it's rude. B it's, it's not very nice. And C it's like you wouldn't say that to their face. It's really trite to say it, um, and it's such a, a, a like an, a played out kind of notion. But I really do think it's true. And a lot of times that it it says something about what's going on in your life because oh yeah, I did that a lot when I was twelve, and then I realized I was like oh that doesn't feel very good. I kind of you know, and I started to put together a life of my own, and I didn't feel that need to do that. And so the people who are spending that time kind of you know, criticizing Darren Till's uppercut. And I'm like, who the fuck, like, why the fuck would you even waste your time doing that? What's going on in your life that you would think that that's a good way to spend your time, you know? 
Yeah. The other thing is like, I've actually recently had an experience. There's a guy who's, he's made like 10 fake accounts now Yeah. to like come on my page and attack me and say shit. And then I finally just said like, if you hate me so much, if you have such an issue with me, why are you going to all this effort? Right. Right. And by the way, I would love to have a real talk with you. Just make a real account, put your real picture and name up and we can have a talk. Yeah. They won't and do it. It's amazing how much that really does solve. I mean, that's that speaks to a bigger issue with so much kind of divisiveness, be it racial, cultural, religious, every you know, uh, certain political ideas. Um, it's uh, it's unbelievable what happens when those people actually just hang out together and actually have real conversations where you yeah. recognize that that's a person and you may disagree, but there's no need to really hate that other person. It's it's unbelievable what happens when you I mean, there's actually no re- connect. There's no reason to really hate anybody. Yeah. Truthfully, hate's a very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a very, very useless emotion to a degree. Yeah. Because I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather just completely get rid of somebody from my life than hate them. Right. You know, there, there's the old thing, like if you really hate somebody, what it really means is you love them. Yeah. I mean, there's got to be something there because oh, you're, you're certainly infatuated with them. Because here's a good deal. I, I hate LeBron. I hate LeBron. I hate LeBron James. Then why do you check his Instagram every day? Why do you check his Twitter? Why do you watch ESPN? Why have you spent the last 12 years of your life rooting for? Like, if you hate him so much, why don't you go away? Yeah. Just no, because, by the way, you can live an existence where you never see his face again. You can block right. him on social media. You don't have to watch Sports Center. You can just walk away. Right. So what what's the real reason you hate him? Are you jealous? Are you insecure? Are you looking for something to take your uh, emotional problems out on? And and you've made him the, the symbol of that. I mean, like, what? Why do you hate the guy so much? It's a, it's a it's a it's a quite an uncomfortable question that you gotta kind of ask yourself you know, sometimes, and I, people are reluctant to do it, but it's, it's a valuable question. It's true. By the I, way, he gives millions of dollars to charity. He's never been arrested. He's not having affairs. He hasn't fathered a bunch of kids like all over the world. Like the guy's done nothing wrong as far as I can tell. It's true. You know what I, I mean? As a like, human being, it's like, hey, you may be a Celtics fan and I get that. You hate the fact that LeBron is a good Laker. I get that totally. Like why but do you hate I always I always made that same argument about President Obama. And it's like I have a lot of friends and and, and myself, I have some very conservative leanings. I had some fundamental problems um, with uh, Barack Obama as a, as a politician. But I go, dude, the guy was in the, the at the absolute pinnacle of public scrutiny for eight years. And personally he had zero flaw. Like zero oh, flaw. I'll tell you a funny story about this. I'm Canadian, so I don't really have like a political allegiance down here. But I have this idea that the president should be uh, held to a really high standard, right? Sure. I'm going to tell you about my accountant, Joe. So uh, I go to the pool on a Saturday. Take the kid. Okay. And, uh, we're at the pool and there's like 200 people there. This is pre COVID days. Everyone's hanging out, you know, the kind of pool where they have like a little canteen, you buy like a pretzel for a dollar, like a soda, like whatever. It's like a public pool wherever it goes. And, and up comes Joe and then Joe's wearing a suit. 
It's like 90 degrees outside. I'm like, what the hell are you doing here? It's like, I'm with my kids at the pool. I'm like, wearing a suit? Like, what the fuck? Do you know how happy I was if he was my accountant? Like, <laughs> I'm fairly sure. Like, if I call that man, if I open my mail in the middle of the night on Saturday and it's like a bad letter from the IRS and I call him, he gets out of bed in a suit and he is ready. Ready for like, that email in a suit. He is Just ready. He is ready for numbers. that. And, and so I'm like, that's the guy you want is your accountant. You know who right. I don't want is my accountant? A dude's at the bar on Friday night, Saturday, drunk. Right. A person that's like, like Joe is just perfect anyway. So I remember I, I would watch Obama on TV and he'd be on ESPN making like basketball picks. Yeah. And I'd be like, don't you have a job? Like, shouldn't, shouldn't you be like watching the red phone in case it rings? Like, shouldn't you be like, this is, this is the, the, the expectation I have. And, and, and I, I, I love Obama and Michelle as people I agree. And, and look up to them. And, they, and they, 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 I think they're really good people. Like to have that level of public scrutiny and they've never had a bad thing come out against them. Like the, 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 the Barack and Michelle can come over for dinner anytime. I have the utmost respect, but it would frustrate me that he's on ESPN making basketball picks. This is a very good point. It's a fast, very valuable point. Okay. Fast forward to now. Do you know how much I would love if my president was on ESPN just making basketball picks? And everybody was getting along and he didn't say something that infuriated someone. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> like it, it's like, whoa, okay. How far have we gone? Right. You know what I mean? Because every day there's some Twitter shit storm that is like, I mean, it's entertainment value. I, I, I laugh a lot, like when I read stuff, but it's, it's funny how bad things have gotten in that regard. It's true. It's, 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 we live in a, in a truly crazy time and everyone has, everyone of every generation has said that about their time. Like they, things have just gone crazy, but I really believe that. I don't know if they've ever gotten this crazy. I don't know if I've ever seen, I mean, yeah, 2020 is a, a weird place, but again, it's because I, I, I think the president should like, yes, yes, sir. No, sir. Please. Thank you. Suit all the time. Professional not saying the wrong thing. You, right. you know what I mean? Like that's kind of the thing. And then, and then it's funny because Kanye was going to run for president allegedly. And it's like, people are like, there's no way he's ever going to win. And I'm like, yeah, don't, yeah, I wouldn't make that bet right now. I said the same thing about six years ago. About yeah, a, like, a certain oh, different I don't know. <laughs> and, and I can't honestly tell you, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm hesitant to call people crazy or, or call people like, like troubled because I don't know how much is a media show and how much is the truth. Right. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm convinced some people wake up and their brand is to just say shocking things and see what happens. I can tell you firsthand that that is absolutely true. I worked for uh, a good, a good amount of time during the Trump campaign. And then subsequently a little bit into his presidency, I worked for a long time at CNN and in HLN and Believe, believe you me, there is plenty of people who put on a character before they get on television in, in these news and in, in, uh, political how, fields. How old are you? Uh, 41. 41. Okay, yeah. so we're, we're the exact same age. We're 41. So you remember the early Howard Stern days? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I swear he would wake up and be like, what kind of shit can I say to fire up America right now? Absolutely. Absolutely. Just- and look, I, I'm, I'm guilty of it myself. You know, a at, for a very long time, I was part of the what was the the biggest morning show here in Los Angeles, and um, 
you fall into that, you fall into that very easily because you realize there's a value in that. And it's like, what, what can I do? Even if it's not what I instinctively like or want to do, what can I do that will get the most people to listen and stay listening? And sometimes that's unbelievably peculiar, offensive, what it fill in the blank stuff, you know? Yeah. It's like, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're putting out. And that's the world we live in. So it's like, that's why I'm hesitant to judge people because I don't know if, if this is really who you are right. or this is like the public persona that you're putting out. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think, I think with some people, they're authentic. It converges. Like, I think if you hung out with Dwayne Johnson, the rock, I think he would be that guy. Yeah, for sure. I, think, I also think that people can sense that. I, I do think that the number one thing uh, as far as personal characteristics of a person's actual makeup, the number one thing that audiences can can sense very, very easily um, is authenticity. Yep. And if you look at the, guy, the guys and gals who, who have long-term prolonged success in entertainment, you know, the, the Rock is a very good example, um, Meryl Streep or Chris Pratt, you've, you, you just know that they're not, they're not faking the funk, you know? No, but it's also funny what people put on celebrities in terms of what they think they are. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing in the world right now, you know who Tom Morello is? Oh, of course, yeah. Okay, his Instagram and his Twitter is the greatest thing on the planet right now when you want to laugh. Yeah. Because he's got he's got a bunch of fans. You should you should Google uh Tom Morello like Twitter attacks fans or something like that to get to get the story on this. But you got all kinds of people that are saying stuff about him now. Like yeah. how can you support defunding the police? How like your your political leftist Marxist garbage is not welcome here because you have a bunch of people who are not happy with Tom Morello's very very democratic political views. Have and they never listened to Rage Against the Machine? Has it was so, so he tweets back at them, and someone said like they were disgusted at him and they they never listened to music again. And he's like. In the song, I can't remember what the song was, and we said, fuck the police 87 times. What did you not understand right. about that message? He and then he wrote, he wrote something about, he's like, keep your leftist political garbage out of your music. And he's like, if you can name me any song I have that there's not leftist political garbage, let me know so I can get rid of it from our catalog. Right. It's like, it is comedy the way he is trolling people and going after them for being so angry because they liked his song and they assumed he was just like them. My favorite is he said, what kind of machine did you think we were raging? <laughs> ice cream machine? Like what? It's, it's just comedy to read. I'm sure you deal with that a little bit too, though, yourself, because of the, the precipitous popularity that you've gotten and, and how people have recognized you as a, a, a kind of superhuman figure in the gym that when they get in contact with you online, whether they actually come out to, to Utah and train with you, they have a, a kind of a preconceived notion. They put these ideas on who Bobby Maximus is that maybe aren't necessarily true. Yeah. And I think too, though, I'm Canadian. How much time have you spent in Canada? Uh, a, a bit. I mean, I, I, I probably more than the average American, but I, I'm not, not too, too much. We're a little different up there. Oh, yes, you are. It's a very different culture. And I, 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 I love it in the United States. I live in the United States. I make my living down here. 
but I'll tell you some fundamental things about me. I believe that everyone has the right to be married. I believe that everyone deserves equal rights. I believe that there should be no pay gap, that women should be paid the exact same salary as men. I don't believe anyone should be uh, uh, criticized or, or put down because of the race or because of their religious beliefs. I am into full on equality across the board. You know what else I believe though? I, I can believe I'm very grateful to our police officers. I can be very grateful to our military. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I can be pro-police and anti-racist at the same time. Absolutely. They're not, they don't have to live in these opposite ends of the, ends of the, uh, ends of the spectrum. And by the way, that's very Canadian. Yeah. You know what I mean? I find that in the United States and, and I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I'm going to embellish this a little bit, but if you are pro gun, you also have to be pro oil, anti gay marriage, like <laughs> massage. Like there's all these things that that people are so polarized that you have to be in one camp or the other. Right. And no, no, no. You just have to be a good, decent person. It, it's and, and it's I, absolutely true, and I don't think you're saying anything uh, denigrating or misleading or incorrect. I, yeah. America, it, it, one of its great benefits is that America is based on extremism and very black and white, kind of very um, every everything American has been treated in this like binaural way. Like it's like we do this and we don't do that, and and um, it obviously. Yeah, it tremendous downfalls too though it doesn't need to be like that and so so where i was going with that is people are like okay well he's a cop he was a cop he is worked with almost every tier one asset in the united states military he's a ufc fighter he's six foot three and bald therefore he has to believe this this and this yeah and that's just not true it isn't and you know what i'm saying like i'm i'm in ways one of the most liberal left people you'll meet and in other ways i am one of the most conservative right people that you'll meet right right and by the way those things can live together and i think they do with absolutely almost everyone and that's what's creating so much dissonance is because people have this notion they believe that they need to be because i own guns and i like hunting i have to be fill in the blank other stuff or because i'm I'm a trans girl in West Hollywood. Therefore I have to hate the police and hate, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I and I don't think most people, I, I don't think humans are like that by nature. I think we all have these very subtle, very, very kind of feelings. It's funny. I actually put a post up. I think there needs to be massive reform in policing. Personally. I think, I think too many bad things happen. I think there are some very negative ways that we, that we approach policing. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean I'm anti-police in any way. Right. I love I love good police officers who've sacrificed their life to do the job. I love good police officers that take their oath to protect and serve everyone right. very seriously. I think we need police officers. But but the fact that I, I, I think there needs to be radical changes in funding, the fact that I need to I think there needs to be a lot more accountability. The fact that I that I that I think we need to take away qualified immunity that that in no way makes me anti-police, right? I, and that's it, how people take it. And it, I'm like, absolutely. are you kidding me? Like, yeah. no, this is not this is not true. Yeah, 
No, you're, I, you couldn't be more right. And I, I think your words are a lot more valuable as someone who's actually put on the uniform. It makes a big difference to understand that, uh, you know, I, I come from, uh, I, I could say, uh, my father wasn't a cop, but my, my sister married a cop and she's 11 years older than me. So he was kind of a big part of my life for a long time. And uh, my uncle, my mom's uh, brother, my mom's sister's husband is a cop and he lived in the, like a mile away from me. And so I grew up around cops and I train with a ton of cops and I just as someone who see I see them I see the guys who wanted to get a badge for the right reasons and I I could see how how much it it just devastates them to have this kind of glittering I this generalization placed on the idea of police like it's this monolithic thing it's really really dangerous man it's a really really scary yeah, thing I mean I, all I've ever said is, and then and then maybe we'll get to some fitness stuff. But like I I I I just said I was like, hey, uh, there needs to be a lot of a lot more accountability placed on police officers. And by the way, I'm speaking from what I know because I was a police officer in Canada, not the states. Mm-hmm. We had a very high level of accountability placed on us, including a full civilian oversight board. Mm-hmm. We didn't have qualified immunity. We, we didn't have all this stuff. Like it was like it was like you need to behave properly, otherwise you got fired. So there needs to be accountability. People who cover for bad police officers need to be held accountable. Right. Because the last time I checked in the criminal code, like aiding and abetting a murder, that's a crime. Like you can't, you can't look the other way. You know what I'm saying? So accountability across the board for everybody. Uh, Police need to be charged when they break the law. It can't be immune from it. Um, I, I, I think there needs to be less money spent. In, in policing and more in like community programs. But by the way, I also believe that police officers should be paid more. Mm-hmm. I believe they should get more benefits. I believe we should hire more police so that people aren't overworked and stressed and in better position. Like, by the way, those things can work together. And what I found with social media is they're not allowed to work together. No, I no. have to be on one side or the other. And I'm just like, no. It doesn't have to be like that. Absolutely. No, I, I think that, that, and that's a great message to, to kind of leave that on. It, it, you're, you're totally right. Um, the, the, I'll just say that the human, the human experience is far too complex to make anything a black and white issue, you know, or a, 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 a either or issue, you know? And it's easy. Just, just, I'm going to swear, but just be fucking nice to people. Mm-hmm. Like, just say, thank you. Say, please treat people with respect. Don't be a judgmental dick. Yep. It's not that hard. I don't get why people have a hard time with this. You are, you are definitely not a judgmental dick. I've listened to enough uh, interviews with you and I've um, talked personally with clients of yours and I've read your book. You're, you're definitely not a judgmental dick. And I think that that may come as a surprise to people because you are someone who is so well known for work ethic and absolute intolerance for bullshit. Um, How do you take on a client that comes to you that isn't, you know, that isn't necessarily a, a lifelong athlete or someone who's accustomed to real struggle. How do you weigh the, the consequence and dividend of shutting down those self-limiting, uh, self-limiting ideas, but also worrying about safety? Because I, I struggle with that a lot because I take these guys or gals that are super overweight. They haven't maybe really exercised a lot in their life. And I'm telling them, you gotta go to the uncomfortable zone, but at the same time, Hi there. Hey, buddy. Dad's been busy in our podcast. I got a few more minutes, and then I'll come play with you, okay? No, I want 
want claws. You want his claws? Yeah. Okay, I'll find his claws later, okay? No, find it. Honestly, okay, like, like a couple more minutes, dude. <laughs> couple more minutes, I promise. Go see Mama and done, and then I'll help you. Um, okay, so, so to come into my gym, the barrier of entry is extremely high. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to be an asshole to anybody. And your words have to be consistent with your actions. If you can do that, you're welcome. That's it. That's all. And okay, so what do I mean by that? Everybody's welcome in our gym. I don't care what color you are, what race you are, what religion you are, whether you're a guy or a girl, whether you're LeBron James or James Harden or, or Bryce Harper, or I'm trying to think of other famous athletes, or... Patrick Mahomes, he can come in, I guess. Or you are an overweight person who is scared shitless and you've never exercised a day in your life and you just want help. You know what? That person is equally as welcome in my home as Patrick Mahomes. Right. Doesn't matter to me. Now, you just have to be nice to everybody else. If Patrick Mahomes comes in, and he acts like a judgmental dick because he's in the NFL. You know what, Patrick? You can fuck off. I don't need your money that bad. By the way, I've heard from everybody. He's an extremely nice guy. So, Patrick, nice if you're guy. listening, you can come in my, my gym. You're welcome anytime. But it doesn't matter to me what somebody is or who they are or what they are. You can come in if you can just handle being nice and respectful to other people. Now, the second rule, words consistent with actions. If you come in, Mike, and you say, I want to put on 80 pounds of muscle. I want to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I want this more than anything else in my life. You better be prepared to come twice a day and give me your soul every time you're in there training. Right. At the same token, if you're like, hey, man, just went through a divorce. I'm really out of shape. I kind of just want to come in three times a week for some stress relief. I don't really want to work that hard. I just want to have fun, and, and I want to be in a good environment you're equally as welcome in my gym. Right. You just have to be very honest with me what your expectations are and don't lead me on. Right. So if you, if you want to be the guy who wants to come three times a week and contribute positively to the environment that I built by being nice to other people and just kind of get, get a sweat on, I'm okay with that. I don't, I don't think anyone needs to be fit, to be honest with you. Just don't tell me how bad you want it and then let me down. Right. Right. You know, that's a, I, I think that's a great ethos to kind of have. And you'd be surprised, like, I mean, I'm sure you would be surprised, but I, I've been surprised that some of those people that the, the guy who just went through the divorce and is out of shape and scared shitless of exercise, sometimes those are the hardest working, most disciplined people in yeah. comparison to the super talented athlete, you know? I don't, I don't, I don't need you. I want that Buddy, I'll help you in a minute. Okay. That's trying to work. Oh, but then I promise we'll play. Um, but it's like the same thing. Like my kid is invading the podcast and this happens, but kids are welcome at my gym. Yeah. Like, it's so funny. There are these people out there and, and they're like, well, this is a serious gym. Kids aren't allowed. Fuck off of that, man. Come on. I've been in some of the most serious MMA gyms in existence and kids are welcome there. Right. Like, Kids are welcome in NFL locker rooms sometimes. Like, you know, if you, if you want to know why Peyton Manning and Eli Manning are so good at football, 
because their dad, Archie Manning, brought them to the football thing all the time. They're your family. So kids are welcome in our gym. Like, I want to have fun. I want to have a good environment. And and some of my favorite clients to train aren't people that are trying to set world records or get NFL contracts. They're just people who come in and I'm like, hey, Mike, how's your day today? Man, it is good. Did you watch Kingdom last night? Oh, yes. Let me tell you that episode. Like, blah, 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 blah. We talk about the shit. We, we, We bench press together and you go home. I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? Just don't, again, back to what we said earlier in the podcast, don't waste my time with, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to lose 80 pounds. I'm right. so dedicated. And then don't follow my advice. No, I, I, I couldn't just, agree more. Just show up and be nice and, and do what's expected of you. And by the way, you set those expectations yourself. Right. Is that uh, Kingdom? Is that uh, Frank Grillo? Is that his show? Oh, yeah. Yeah, He's, yeah, yeah. Uh, my neighbor he just moved in next to me and he makes me feel very inadequate because he walks around the neighborhood with his shirt off all the time. Really? Yeah. He, uh, it, it's, it's a really good, I actually, it was really funny watching it. It's uh, it's Frank Grillo, Jonathan Tucker, uh, Natalie Martinez is in it. Uh, Kiel Sanchez. Um, it's become one of my favorite shows. And, and I, I couldn't figure out like, how did these guys nail this? Like, this is so good. Turns out Greg Jackson was like the primary advisor. Oh yeah. That makes on the thing. So I'm like, cause I'm watching this. I'm like, yep, this is like my whole life. Like, like the, the, the characters, they really did a great job on this thing. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's a, it's an excellent show. And I, I think a lot of people get turned off because they don't like MMA and they're like, I'm not going to like this show. And it, it couldn't be farther from the I, truth. I actually, I'm the opposite. I've hated most MMA stuff because yeah. it's not realistic. It's right. not true to the, this is like, they, there's a lot of little things in here that if you ever professionally fought or hung out in a fighting gym, you would under, you'd be like, okay, this is what it's like. He gets it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, it's kind of cool, but, but I, I'd rather talk to you about that for an hour and just like do a couple of bench presses than, than have you talk my ear off about how dedicated you are and then just make excuses and miss workouts and, and not try. And so, so like I said, your word just has to be consistent with your actions and you're, pretty good with me i'm not hardcore all the time i think honestly at the beginning of the podcast and and i'll I'll leave you with this and we'll wrap things up i I, at the beginning of the podcast i said that you know you're someone that i definitely look up to and i've I've used as as motivation and inspiration many times and it isn't just because of your performance in fact it probably has very little to do with it it's much more about those kind of um the 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 personality kind of uh mandates that you have for people that you work with and that you've imposed on yourself. Um, and the idea that you can achieve way more than your body will initially tell you you can, if you just continually push past those limitations. Yeah. And, and you know what, here's the deal. Nobody, this will be shocking coming from me, but it's a message I've been trying to get out. Nobody needs to train. Nobody needs to work out. Nobody needs to exercise. However, if you're active, if you try to push yourself past your limits sometimes, if you try to be just a little bit better than the day before, if you try to just improve a little bit every time you do something, and I'm not talking even push-ups, I'm talking like walking, walk a little bit further, walk a little bit faster. If you just push yourself a little bit and you show up every day, you will be shocked at the life you can live and how this stuff will positively affect you across the board. And I think that one of the main things, and I'm guilty of it is I think I scare people. 
because I'm deadlifting 600 pounds. I'm, I'm, I'm fighting. I'm putting fight videos up. I'm, I'm doing all this crazy stuff. And like, I just want people to know that I was a 15 year old kid that got beat up every day and got pinned under a barbell. Like I, it, it, and you know how I got good? Not athletic. I, I didn't have a secret. I just kept showing up yeah. and it didn't start like it is now. So if you're, if you're listening at home and you really want to get fit or not even be, be more fit. I, I think like be a better dad, a better mom, a, a better lawyer, a better accountant, a better brother, a better sister. Like I think exercise can help with all that stuff, but it doesn't have to be this big, scary thing. Yeah, You can just, you can start if you've never worked out. I'll get you Lego Chima in a minute, buddy. Um, you ever watch Lego Chima? It's brilliant, by the way. It's no, a, I'll it's check a, it out. I have a six-year-old, so she'd probably be into it. Yeah, yeah. It's a really good little cartoon. It's actually really well done in terms of um, how funny it is and insightful and, like, some of the commentary. Like, as a parent, I watch a lot of cartoons. Yeah. It's kind of my life. And I miss the good old days of, like, Thundercats, He-Man. Uh, Speaking actually, my language. I introduced him to Avatar, The Last Airbender, recently, and it's hilarious. And and I like – I actually like the the – the writing that goes into it. Like yeah. it's, it's just, it's, I'm, I'm really into that like stuff. But um, what I was saying about exercise was if you listen to this, you've never worked out before, like go for a 10 minute walk. Yeah. And then next week, go for a 12 minute walk. And then the week after go for a 14 minute walk. Pretty soon you're walking an hour a day and then you've lost that 30 pounds that you want to lose. It doesn't need to be a big thing. Right. And so with our gym, I, I want people to know it's not all hardcore. It's, you'd be surprised at people that come in that we just do some stuff. Like it just, and then they get better and better and better. I, um, I sincerely appreciate it, man. I'll let you get back to your family. I really, really do appreciate you taking this time to, to have a conversation with me. And um, the Maximus Body is the book. And I know you're doing a lot of really interesting digital content with your website now. Is, uh, is that, that where you're really focusing now to, to grow and provide content yeah, i mean i mean a couple of things with that uh instagram is like the the hub of everything mm-hmm. if you just go to bobby maximus on instagram you can find my website i got a bunch of free resources up there you can find my email address it's, it's open to the public my phone number is open to the public um uh, just go to bobby maximus and you'll find you'll find everything if you go to my little link tree or whatever it, it leads you to awesome. all my stuff um and, and the other thing is uh I try to answer every question that I get. So like if you send me a DM, I'll get back to you eventually. Uh, email is the best way to go. If you ever do want to get in contact with me, like sometimes when people DM me and I can't remember if you DM me or emailed me, but if you email me, I, I answer every email I've ever gotten. I don't DMs. You, you, it gets hard because you can get hundreds of them. Um, and the third thing is is I'm really grateful for you thinking highly of enough of me to have me on your show. Um, it's actually pretty incredible for me to to be a kid from a town of 1,800 people that was bullied, and I, I never thought I would be here. It's it's like I always try to remember the fact that someone thinks highly enough of me to seek me out and and they want to talk to me for an hour. I'm really really fortunate for that. You know what I mean? I think people can get a little high on themselves. Sure. And again, you can be proud of yourself, but it's pretty fucking cool to be asked to be on a podcast. Right. And I never, I never want to, the day I don't feel like that anymore is the day I want to quit and just be done. 
Yeah, no, it's, I, that's a great I point. Have that. I, I've been guilty of it, you know, like when when it just seemed like work was coming my way and you're getting on TV and getting on the radio, it's like you lose sight of the fact that like I would kill, have killed to be 19 year old me and be put in a position where people would actually well, care about talking to me, you know? You like, know can, I, can I tell you one more story before we go? Of course. I'm in the airport. Here I am. And I'm like 6'3", 260. Like if you're, if you don't know what I look like, picture like, uh, like Thanos or the, or the, or the CGI Hulk or something like that. And I'm sitting there and a person comes up to me like, oh, you have the biggest muscles I've ever seen. Could I ask you a couple of questions? And my initial thought is actually taught me a lot. My initial thought was to be annoyed. Right. Like I'm in the airport. I don't really. And then I verbally and emotionally and psychologically slapped myself back to reality. And it's like, here I am and working out a passion of mine and I love it. And I'm clearly doing a good job because this person said these nice things about me and wants to talk. Like this should be your dream come true. Like you're really annoyed that a person thinks that you look great and wants to like ask you what you do. Like you need to get over yourself. You know what I mean? And so, so for me now, it's like, I just want to be nice to people and help as many people as I can. And just again, like, thank you for having me on, but just be grateful for stuff like this, because there's a lot of people that don't want to hear what people say. You know what I mean? Like, like, like I, I love that. Like someone stops me in the supermarket and says like, Hey, like I saw you fight in the UFC. That's pretty cool. I was you at UFC 53, by the way. I was at the Mandalay Bay. Oh, nice. That wasn't one of my greatest moments, but uh, it actually it actually taught me a lot. Um, but yeah, you were there early on. I fought in 53 Ultimate Fight Night 5, which was close. Like, that was, I'll, I'll tell you a story. That was so cool. They used to have the Ultimate Fight Nights in the Hard Rock. Yeah. And there was like 200 people there. There was how many? Like 200 people. Really? Like, it was just in like a little like thing and so it was like that was pretty tough yeah that was a different world that was a different was, world but it was wild to be sitting next to the tap out crew and tito ortiz and chuck liddell and like i was literally maybe five feet from the cage when anderson silva made his debut and fought chris lieben um i actually won submission of the night in that in that in that show yeah but what a cool experience being five feet away from the cage with all these people in like a closed environment. It was kind of like, I liked that a lot better than, than the 20,000 people in the, in the big venue. You know what I mean? It's so intimate. You can't, you can't, you'll never forget that. Yeah. When you got to actually interact with fans too and talk, like you'd fight and then you just go sit down and then you get to talk to people and get to know them. It was a lot of fun. Dude, I'll let you get to your thing. Thank you so much. Seriously. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm not, I'm probably not going to let him. I'm glad he's moved on to Lake Ochima. Uh, okay. My wife would murder me if I let him watch Nightmare on Elm Street. So. Uh, you're speaking my language. I totally We're good. Agree. And there you go. Bobby Maximus. He's a man. I really, really enjoyed that conversation. And I hope you guys did as well. Um, Bobby at Bobby Maximus on uh, Instagram. And that, as you heard him say himself, is where it's, the, it's kind of the best place. It's the hub to get to uh, everything going on in the life of Bobby Maximus. Um, so again, it's at Bobby, spelled normally, B-O-B-B-Y, and Maximus, M-A-X-I-M-U-S. Ladies and gentlemen, remember, 
In this crazy mixed up world that makes you think that nobody cares, I do be good. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.